0: This is The captain has won the game from Nigeria. The man who's saved the game. Hello listeners and welcome to yet another episode of the Nigeria Football Weekly. Today is episode 53 and it's good to be back. Uh, I know I took a break last week because I was on holiday, so bear with me. Um, This week it's the big one. We're officially in the international window and Nigeria will be playing the first of our double-legged tie against Ghana this Friday in Kumasi at the Babi Stadium. Um, So we're going to be previewing the game against Ghana. What can we expect in terms of our anticipated XI? Give a bit of background about Ghana what i think the result would be and just any information you need to know ahead of the game on friday and then i'll be touching on obviously the most recent games involving our super eagles players so without any further ado let's get into it um first update to mention is unfortunately last week thursday Wilfred Ndidi got injured playing for leicester city in the uf conference league second leg round of 16 tie against wren um and as one of our top two most potent players, you have to say that's a big, big blow. But Innocent Bonke of Lorient has been drafted into the squad to replace Ndidi. So we'll see if Innocent Bonke gets to start the game on Friday. Um, but the entire list, which I went through in the last episode of the podcast, remains exactly the same. So where's the game being held? Um, Baba Yara Stadium in Kumasi on Friday. It's going to be 8.30 p.m. kickoff in Nigeria, 7.30 p.m. kickoff in the U.K., And you could work out the time difference if you live anywhere else across the world. Um, One thing to know is this stadium is a bit of a good stadium in terms of Ghana's performances. The last time Ghana had a two-legged playoff to go to the World Cup, they beat Egypt 6-1 at the same venue. So we should just be wary about this one. But to be honest, I'm not as worried as the Ghanaians make you believe. I've listened to a lot of um, spaces on Twitter um, involving Ghanaians talking about the game. And... If you listen to the Ghanaians, man, you you think their squad list is not what it is. So in the space of like two months, they've somehow got some Super Saiyan squad. I've heard people say the Nigerians are arrogant. Their defense is not that good. Their midfoot is not that good. And I just keep thinking, like, isn't it you guys who just lost to Comoros and Morocco at AFCON and Drew in Gabon? Like, what's going on there? Have I forgotten something? Um, so anyway, it should be an interesting one. Uh, it's very, very important we get a very good result in the first leg uh, before the second leg, which will be next week, Tuesday in Abuja. Um, I mean, it's for a place in the World Cup. I don't need to say any much more. You could argue this is probably the biggest rivalry in Africa. Um, nine World Cup appearances between us, um, with Nigeria accounting for the vast majority with six. Seven African titles between us, even though Ghana have won in East since 1982, and we've won two since that period. Um, as we know, Ghana have made it furthest at the World Cup from the African nations alongside Cameroon in 1990 and Senegal in 2002, which is the quarterfinals um, before Luis Suarez' famous handball against uh, Anastasia Marjane missed the penalty, as we all remember, in South Africa. While Nigeria, we've been the most successful African side and making it out of the group stage, uh, even though the Ghanaians will make you not believe that's true. We've, we've gone to the World Cup six times and we've made it out of the group stage three times In 1994, before we lost to Italy in extra time. In 1998, before we got battered by Denmark 4-1 in the round of 16. And in 2014, we also made it out of the group before we lost 2-0 to France. Uh, It's a shame only one of these teams can make the World Cup, but, you know, it is what it is. And we just hope Nigeria could do the business. In terms of previous fixtures between Nigeria and Ghana, um, to be fair, history is in favour of the Ghanaians. They actually have a much better record playing Nigeria, although a lot of this is from games pre-1990 nineteen, you know, pre as well. They've won 21 times against Nigeria. We've beaten them 10 times, and there have been 18 draws between Nigeria and Ghana. Since the year 2000, five of those 10 wins for Nigeria have actually occurred, um, but we haven't beaten Ghana since the 2006 African Nations Cup where we beat them 1-0 courtesy of a Tai well, eight 86-minute winner. Um, when we look at our most recent encounters we haven't played ghana since 2011. Um, but ghana have won three and drawn one of our last four encounters and um, the last game we played in 2011 was a 0-0 draw in october which was a friendly match and then three previous ties were all wins for ghana um in 2010 they beat us 1-0 in Africa cup of nations semifinal with Asamoah Gyan scoring the goal in 2008 afcon which was hosted by ghana they beat us 2-1 in the quarterfinals courtesy of Virginia, a junior go-go winning goal even though we took the lead in that game um that was also an 83rd minute winner and then in 2007 they absolutely battered us 4-1 in a friendly game um i believe that was played in barnett if i'm not mistaken um however it must be stressed it's been 11 years since the last fixture um and arguably a lot of those games in the early 2000s or mid 2000s was with the ghana golden generation 2006 was the first time um, Ghana made the World Cup and they had Asimov Ajean, Mark Alessian, Suleiman Tari. Um, I forgot the guy with the bald head, Steven Appiah, uh, Mensah, the, the centre-back. Um, so that was an entirely different Ghana that we had to come up against. Um, but we must be wary. Um, if you look at the bookmakers right now, you have to say Nigeria the favourites for the game. We have a better squad. We've got better players. If we look at our performance at AFCON, we did much better than Ghana as well. Um, but we can't be complacent or take anything for granted. Um, I thought an interesting fact as well, Nigeria have never lost an away World Cup qualifier in the last 18 years. The last time we lost an away World Cup qualifier was in the 1-0 loss to Angola in 2004 when we were trying to qualify for the 2006 World Cup, which we unfortunately did not make courtesy of head-to-head against Angola. Um, and I also noticed that Victor Sima has scored three goals in Nigeria's last three away matches in World Cup qualifiers. And he's also got four goals in World Cup qualifying so far. So really, really glad to see see Ossimeh back in the the squad. I think he's by far the most potter player. And the fact that he's playing and is in good form, which I'll touch on, is the thing that gives me the most confidence for this game, to be honest. Um, So Ghana, who's their current manager? After their shambolic AFCON, they sacked Milovan Rajovac. Um, He was the guy who took them to the quarterfinals in 2010, but he's clearly lost his magic touch. He's been replaced by Otto Addo. Otto Addo was part of their 2006 World Cup squad, um, but injury curtailed his career. Um, He doesn't have that much experience as a manager, to be fair, um, but you could say the same thing about Eguavon. Um, And ex-Brighton manager, um, Chris Hutton, has been named as the technical director of the Ghana national team, which is, and I believe his father is from Ghana, actually. What's the tale of the tape in terms of our rankings? Um, at the moment, Ghana are the 11th best team in Africa based on their rankings after a shambolic AFCON, and um, they are 61st in the world, so they're not even a top 50 team on the con in the whole world, which is pretty shocking. Nigeria, on the other hand, after AFCON, we moved to third place in Africa, and we are currently third, second in the world. Um, so I don't want to hear no excuses in this game, to be honest. Um, there's also been an interesting factor with the Ghanaians. They did not release their squad list publicly for this game, which must be the first time I've heard of this in any form of World Cup qualifiers before, to be honest. Um, but we know the usual suspects will be there or thereabouts in their squad. I know they've called up Afene Gian, the Roma youngster. It looks like he's on his way to make his national team debut. Dennis Odoy, I think he was born in Belgium, I believe, but he's played for Fulham. He's not that good, to be honest. Um, but he's been caught up for Ghana at the age of thirty-two or thirty-three. Um, Andre Ayu suspended after getting sent off in Ghana's last game, at Afcon, with a straight red card. So similarly for Nigeria, we've got Alex Wilby who's suspended for that game. Who are the key players for Ghana? Obviously, the star man is Thomas Partey, plays for my Arsenal. has been playing really well. Is in the form of his career probably right now, and he's been amazing for Arsenal since he came back from AFCON. Um, They've got Mohamed Kudos, the Ajax player as well, still pretty young. He could play as an attacking mid, I think he could play as a striker, but I'm not too sure. He's got three goals in 10 games for Ghana so far, even though someone on some space was trying to lie to me that he scored 10 goals for Ghana. I was like, what the hell are you on about? Um, He missed AFCON with an injury, um, and he's back in. He's now fit again, but he's not really been playing games like that for Ajax. He's been restricted to sub appearances in all of their most recent games, and he was on a new sub yesterday um, as Ajax beat Final 3-2. So I'm recording this on Monday night, um, 21st of March. Daniel Lamate is probably the most supporting defender, the less City centre-back, primary anchor of the defence. Um, he plays alongside a guy who plays for Strasbourg. I've forgotten his name, um, but he'll be looking to curtail the threat of Yana Cho and Lukman, you know, from his club, um, to make sure they don't inflict too much damage on Ghana, but we'll see how it goes. Um, key things for Ghana who will score their goals with Andre Ayu out. Um, I mean they since Asamargian retired, I think they've really struggled to have a uh focal point who could get them goals consistently. They struggled through World Cup qualifying, even though I heard someone say Nigeria struggled. With this like, mate, have you seen how you did in World Cup qualifying? Uh, they needed a penalty in their last game against South Africa to finish top of their group. Um, and then we'll see how Daniela Marte can handle Victor Sime. I think that's going to be a big, big battle in this game. Um, and whoever wins that duel um, will probably be smiling at the end of the game. Um, we also know there will be a big midfield battle. Yes, indeed, he's not playing, but we'll, we'll still see the likes of Partey go up against Charibo. And on my money, I'd say we'll probably see Oyeka start. We may see NSM start, but we'll see how that one goes. In terms of the anticipated exile for Nigeria, I expect Eguavon to stick with the 4 2 3 1 from AFCON. So minimal changes to the starter lineup that played the game against Tunisia, to be fair. We'll definitely see Victor Sime back in the starter lineup. Um, he's almost most poor player, as I've said. He's in great, great form right now. Scored four goals in his last two games to Napoli to make sure that they continue to fight for the Serie A. Scudetto. Uh, maybe we'll see Leon Balogu come back to start with Just Ekong in place of Omero, although Omero was really good at AFCON, so he may keep his place. Uh, And Dini is injured unfortunately, so we're going to see one of Oyeka, in or maybe Atebo if he can prove his fitness, start this game. I'll say if Atebo can prove his fitness, he'll probably start this game because he's the most experienced of those three trio in terms of playing games for the Super Eagles. Um, Frank Oyeka has been on the bench a lot for Brentford in recent games. So maybe we may see Innocent Bonke get the nod in this one. It'll only be a second cap for Nigeria. Um, so that's an interesting one to watch out for. And then also, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Manuel Dennis start on the right wing in place of Chukweze. Um, our right wingers during AFCON were okay, but Chukweze didn't have as good of a tournament as he did in 2019. So I think it's provided a nice opportunity for Dennis to come into the starting lineup. Um, so if I was predicting starting next side today, I think Marika Okoye will be in goal. Ola I will continue at right back, even though he hasn't played a single minute since AFCON. Something's gone seriously wrong at Torino. And I'm just hoping it's not because he went for AFCON um, and he's lost his place. Um, Ekong and Balogood start as centre-backs. <clears throat> we'll see Zeru Sanusi start at left-back. No, no qualms about that one at all. Onyeka and Bonke will partner Jarribo. And then we'll see Moses Salmon start on left-wing for sure. Um, I expect to see Kelechi and Achor start as a second striker just behind Victor Sime. And then Imano Dennis should start on the right wing or we may see Chukweze start on the right wing. So we'll see. Um, whatever happens, we just need to get the job done um, in the first leg. Um, I think we have what it takes to get a win in Kumasi. Um, but worst case scenario, just get a draw um, to take back to Abuja for the second leg. Um, one thing Eguavon needs to do though is make sure he has plan B in attack. I think the Tunisians showed us that If we only have one plan of attack, we could be found out very, very easily. And that's just giving it to the wingers and trying to make them beat their man and put the ball in the box or take shots. There needs to be another another plan. And I think with Victor Sime in the squad, that means that naturally there will be another plan. Um, And I really, really expect things to go well for us. Victor Sime has scored 10 goals in 18 games for the Super Eagles so far. We know how much we missed him at AFCON. um, And he's by far probably the most lethal striker on the African continent at this point in time, he's being linked to moves to the Premier League already for the summer, um, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets close to 20 Serie a goals between now and the end of the season. in with his current form, um, I also think Emmanuel Dennis has a lot to prove. He'll probably be itching to, you know, make Nigerians happy after missing Afcon. We know what happened there. He's only made three cap. He's only made three appearances for the Super Eagles, but none of them since the 2020 friendly. Um, so I'm sure he'll be very, very keen to impress and show what he could do. Um, so let's see how it goes in terms of um, our start to We'll also see, it'll be interesting to see if Igalo gets any minutes in this game. We also know that there are a few potential debutants. Ade Malolikman could probably make his debut, uh, probably as a sub for Simon at some point in this game. Will Kevin Bassi make his debut? Um, funny enough, at club level, we've seen Kevin Bassi play far more minutes than Leon Balogu at Rangers. So maybe we may see Bassi start a left back or center back or at least come in to the game at some point. And then Akinkumi Amo, who uh, plays for Copenhagen, he scored over the weekend. So it'll be interesting to see if he also makes his debut for the Super Eagles at any point in time during this game. Um, and in terms of predictions, what do I think the score will be on Friday? Um, I'm predicting a narrow 2-1 win for Nigeria and Kumasi. So if we could take a win back to Abuja and then we could finish the job next week. Um, but I'll be sure to do a podcast review of the game next week, Monday, and also preview the game on Tuesday. So that's it in terms of the fixture against Ghana. Obviously, wish Super Eagles all the best. And I'm nervous, but I'm very, very expectant. I think this is as mismatched as Nigeria-Ghana could be probably since the early 2000s when we used to just wipe the floor with them. So I don't want to get carried away, um, but I expect Nigeria to get the better of Ghana in the two-legged tie. And it'll be nice for them to start with the win in the first game. So that's it, and hopefully the Super Eagles will do us proud. You are now listening to the Nigeria Football Weekly Podcast. Just before we crack on with the league game previews um, or reviews, so to speak, um, the other ties that'll be happening in Africa for the other four slots at the World Cup from CAF, we'll see Senegal play Egypt. So that's going to be a big, big game um Algeria take on Cameroon that's another big big game Uh, too close to call for me to be honest Morocco played DR Congo you probably expect Morocco to get the better of DR Congo but you just never know with these ties and then finally Tunisia play against Mali with Mali looking to be the only team that could potentially make their debut at this World Cup from Africa so wish them all the best and that should be a very intriguing game you remember that during AFCON Tunisia Mali was the game where that ref stopped the game after 86 minutes and Mali won the game 1-0 so um I'm sure they'll be very, very happy to see each other again. And the, the Nigerians will be itching for revenge. So we'll see how this game goes. But anyway, back to the league reviews. and started with the Premier League as usual. So it's been two weeks since the last podcast. Um, and the Leicester City boys have played four games in that period. They played the round of 16, first leg and second leg of the UEFA Conference League tie against Rennes. In the first leg, they beat Rennes 2-0 at home on the 10th of March. With Leicester and Nacho scoring a brilliant second goal for them. Finished with his left foot from outside. Just inside the box. Lukman came on in this game and Ndidi started this game. Um they did lose the second leg 2-1 away last week, Thursday, with Lukman getting the assist for Wesley for Finals goal. Um, and unfortunately, that's the game where Wolfred Ndidi suffered his injury, which has ruled him out from the Ghana game. Um, but they've progressed to the quarterfinals and they look like one of the favorites to win the UF Conference League, to be fair, alongside probably Roma. Um, in the Prem last weekend, they lost 2-0 to my Arsenal. Um, that was on Sunday, the March March 13th. Yanacho started the game, and for some reason, Ndidi was benched. It was like Brendan Rodgers wanted to lose the game. Um, and then yesterday in the Prem, they beat Brentford 2-1. Kelechi Yanacho started yet again, um, and Lukman was on the bench. Um, but no goals for Yanacho. Really, it would be nice to see him score some more goals in the Prem, to be honest, like he did last season. Anyway, moving on to Frank Rika and Brentford. He was on new sub yesterday in their game against Leicester, which they lost 2-1. And then in the prior week, um, they beat Burley 2-0. But he only came on for one minute in that game. So it looked like a tactical substitution. So I don't know what's happened to him and Brentford. It's just like he's run out of favour with the manager. Um, but hopefully he can force his way back into contention. I don't know if Ericsson coming to the team has meant that they've switched their formation in a way that they're not playing on Yika, But he was starting a lot of their games at the start of the season. So I'm not sure what's really happened there. And then moving on to Alex Wilby we'll at Everton. He was in our new sub last week Sunday as they lost 1-0 to Wolverhampton at home um and then on Thursday they played against Newcastle in the Premier League and Alex Wilby scored a last minute winner which was lovely to see um i think it was his second Premier League goal of season and for someone who's been getting getting a lot of stick from Everton fans it was nice to see him get the praise and the applause which he deserved on Sunday though they played in the FA Cup and they got th- they got thrashed 4-0 by Crystal Palace he came off the bench and only played 18 minutes which is a bit surprising after he played 90 minutes in the previous game. But maybe Lampard's just prioritising the fact that they're in a relegation battle and they need to stay up in the prem. At the moment, they sit in 17th place in the league. Um, So just one point or one place above Watford and the other Nigerian boys. Um, Speaking of Watford, uh, on the 10th of March, they lost 4-0 to Wilhampton. Terrible, terrible result. And then last week, Sunday, they surprised us and beat Southampton 2-1 away. Um, they're just a very, very hard team to read, man. Like, you you think they're done and they won't win any more games, but then they go and beat Aston Villa away, and then they beat Southampton away. So I just find them very difficult to read, but at least they've given themselves a fighting chance to stay in the Prem. Um, I still think it's a long, long shot. I'm sure Dennis's agent is already making the inquiries to see where he could go to next, um, but we wish them all the best Um and yeah, that's it for the prem. Moving on to CVR and our biggest, the most important player right now, Victor Sima, was valuable Nigerian player in the world. Napoli are currently second in the league. Um, over the past two games, Osime has scored four goals. Last week Sunday, he scored a brace to push Napoli to a two-one win away to Verona, which was very very vital. And then on Saturday, he scored another brace to make to um, edge them past Udinese two-one even though they went down to a goal by Gerard Delefeuille. So he's now got 11 league goals, four in his last two games. And like I said, I think there's about nine games left. And it wouldn't surprise me if Osime could score like nine goals in nine games. I would not be shocked, as long as he can stay fit. Um, So we wish him all the best. And in summer, there's going to be a lot of interest. But if he wins this cadetto and goes to the Champions League, I'm sure maybe he will give Napoli one more season before... Come to show himself in the Prem. But money talks, so you never know what's going to happen there. But keep doing your thing, Osime, man. You you really make us proud. And honestly, I love talking about him all the time. Speaking of Olai as I said, he's been on the bench since AFCON. Um, last week, Torino drew 1-1 to Inter on Sunday. Didn't play. And then on Friday night, they lost to Genoa 1-0. Didn't play. So hopefully he could kind of show his manager what he could do against Ghana by starting and doing really, really well. Moving on to Venezia, the boys, um, where David Akerike and the boy play. Um, last week on Monday, they lost 1-0 to Lazio. Um, David Akerike started the game and Tare came on in the second half. And then yesterday, they lost 2-0 at home um, to Sampdoria, which was really, really alarming, to be fair. Um, both of these players started. Um, I don't know why Tare is not in the squad, to be fair. I think he's on standby. He's not even on standby. What the hell are they doing at the NFF, man? But instead, they called Abdullah Shea, who's playing for Omoni and Ocasia, whose team are doing terribly. But, I mean, NFF in their ways. Maybe they're trying to call up a player to help uh, make sure Musa's comfortable. I don't know. But that one's a very baffling decision. And then Salantana, bottom of Syria. Joel Obi was on new sub last week because they drew 2-2 to Sassuolo at home. And then they lost 2-0 to Juventus over the weekend with Joel Obi being a new sub yet again. Simeno Anko is nowhere to be found in the team. I don't know if he's injured or if he's just really, really out of favour with the manager. Um, but that's one to monitor. And then moving on to League 1, we've seen Moses Simon's nonce lose back-to-back games 1-0 since the last podcast. Last week, they lost 1-0 to Troyes um, on Saturday. And then this past weekend, they lost 1-0 to Lille at home. So they're now eighth in the league, even though they were looking pretty good for European spot. Um, and then moving on to Lorient, where Terry Murphy and Innocent Bonke are. They are out of the relegation zone. They've got four points in their last two games, um, now sitting in 16th position. They beat Clermont Foot 2-0 away last week, um, with both players starting, although Murphy didn't score. And then yesterday, they both started as they drew 0-0 at home to Strasbourg. And then in La Liga, oh, our only Champions League representative. Last week, Saturday, they beat Celta Vigo 1-0 at home, Villarreal. Um, and then on wednesday they absolutely stunned the football world and beat juventus 3-0 away at turin after drawing 1-1 at home um, to move on to the quarterfinals of the champions league where they'll face bayern munich however they they bought they they go back down to earth very quickly this weekend imagine you beat juventus 3-0 away and then you play a game over the weekend and you lose 1-0 to cadiz it's it's just a very intriguing one but chiquese started the game so in terms of match fitness He's definitely up to speed. So that's why I'm not sure if he'll start or if we'll see Dennis um, start on the right wing. And then speaking of Omar Sadiq and Almeria, um, last week, um, he did score a brace in a 3-3 draw um, against Lugo at home. Um, Good to see him on the scoring charts. That was his 15th goal of the season. And then earlier today, they won 1-0 against away to Tenerife. Um, He didn't score though, but... 15 league goals, pretty, fairly decent. Um, I would argue that Woni and Sirodeza should be ahead of him in the team. Um, but, hey, I'm not the coach. We'll let Guavon do what he needs to do. Just make sure you make the World Cup. That's all I care about. Speaking of the Bundesliga, last weekend, Woni scored his 11th Bundesliga goal of the season um, in a 1-1 draw against Stuttgart at home. Um, and then this weekend, he started, but they got absolutely pammed by Bayern Munich 4-0. So... Um, They'll be looking to get over that one very, very quickly. Um, Kevin, like I'm um, still in the race for top four. Last week, he came on as a sub as they drew 1-1 one, one to Bayern Munich um, on um, at home. And then this weekend, they got thrashed by Hertha Berlin 4-0. Um, but they still sit just one point off top four. So, fingers crossed, they could do it and make it back to the Champions League. And then, Snabiama, a great effort. He came on for 17 minutes as they got absolutely battered 6-1 to Leipzig last week. Um, on Sunday. And then he was on the bench this weekend as they drew 0 0 to Freiburg. Moving on to the Premier League, Zedu Sarosi's Porto have been doing pretty well. Um, since the last podcast, he played in the Europa League round of 16. They lost 1 0 to Lyon on Wednesday, March 9th. Um, and then he came off the bench last weekend in a 4 0 win over Tondela. Um, and then this Thursday, they just passed. He was back in the starting lineup, but they could only manage a 1 1 draw away to Lyon. So they've crashed out of the Europa League. And then yesterday, he started again in a 1-0 win away to Boa Vista. Um, so, at the moment, at are top of the league. Six points ahead with seven games left. I'm sure they'll win the league. And we'll see Sanusi back in the Champions League, which is always good. The more, the merrier. Moving on to the Dutch Redivisie. Cyril Dezas is on fire. Cotilde is superb form. He's got four goals and two assists in his last five games. He scored on March 10th in a 5-2 win over Partizan great in the UEFA Conference League Round of 16. And then last week, Sunday, he scored again in a 2-1 win over PEC's wall in the Dutch divizi And then this Thursday, he scored yet again as they beat Partizan Belgrade 3-1. And then on Sunday, he started and got an assist in a 3-2 loss to Ajax, where they were very, very unlucky. Anthony scored a last-minute winner. Um, so very sad for them, but desert is on fire. He, he really deserves a call-up. It's just a shame. Um, maybe he'll get an opportunity in some of the AFCON qualifiers in June. um, But he's definitely doing the best he can to force his way into the thoughts of Austin Eguavon. And then Madhukar Koe, much maligned Madhukar Koe. You know me. Me and Madhukar Koe sport. I'll always defend him. And he's doing really, really well. He got back-to-back clean sheets since the last podcast. He made two saves last weekend in a 1-0 win over Go Ahead Eagles. And then this past Saturday, he made five saves as they drew 0-0 away to NEC. So stop... Criticizing Marika Okoye. He is the best goalkeeper Nigeria have, and it's not close. So support the brother. It's not his fault he's a good-looking motherfucker. Blame his jeans. Yeah, call him a model, I don't care. The man's a good goalkeeper. Yes, he made a mistake against Tunisia, but we need to support him, and he's going to be Nigeria's number one for a long, long time, whether people like it or not. So that's that. Moving on to the Jubilee League, another player who I think is really unlucky not to have been called up for the national team, Alassane Yusuf at Royal Antwerp. Continued to be in excellent form for them over the past month. He also scored last week in their 2-1 loss against Anderlech. Um, But this weekend, he kind of got rested. He only came on for two minutes as they beat Zolte Waregem 1-0 on Saturday. Polonacci, on the other hand, he started their game last week, Sunday, which was the 13th of March, in a 1-0 loss to STVV at home. And then he was ill over the weekend. I'm not sure if it was COVID or just a on this, as they lost 3-1 to Club Bruges away. Um, so, this means that they've now lost consecutive games and they're just really shit in the league this season, to be honest. Like, Kenk, figure your shit out, man. I don't know what's happening. And then moving on to Scottish Premiership boys. Uh, Joe Aribo, Leon Balogo, and Bassi all started on March 10th. Um, in fact, Balugu scored in this game as they beat Red Star Belgrade 3 0 at home in the Europa League round of 16. And then last weekend, Aribo was rested while Bassi started in a 3 0 win over Dundee in the Scottish Cup quarterfinals. All three of these players were back in the starting lineup this past Thursday as they lost 2-1 to Red Star Belgrade. But because of the aggregate scoreline, they qualified to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. And then this weekend, Calvin Bassi started yet again with Joaribo coming off the bench in the second half in a 2-1 win over Dundee in the league. So they remain three points off Celtic. And the next game after the international break is the old firm derby against Celtic. So that should be a blockbuster game. Moving on to the Turkish league, Anthony Inouye KMH sport continue to flourish. They're 15 points ahead of second place with eight games to go in the Turkish league. Last weekend, so the one before this weekend, he got another goal and an assist in a 4-2 win over Gutsepe. So he's got 11 league goals for the season and I think eight assists. He's playing so well. He should be in the team ahead of Moussa, if Musa. for being honest. we'll whisper it quietly, though. Tell us Ahmed Musa's captain. Um, but anyway, this weekend, though, they did lose 3-2 to Rizzo Sport, which was a shame. Um, for them to be 15 points ahead and they're still able to lose games, that tells you how dominant they've been in that league. Um, but yeah, he's going to win a league title and we're going to see him in the Champions League next year. Moving on to Fenebache, Brett started as they flogged Alanya Spur 5 2 away last week, Sunday. And then he also started as they beat Konya Spur 2 1 on Sunday. They're now third in the league, two points off second. Speaking of Alanya Spur, Chidis did start that game that they lost 5 2 to Fenerbahce over the last week. Um, and, But he bounced back on Saturday, though. They beat Goodsepe 2-0, and he was excellent, considering he didn't play very well in their previous game. And then Super Eagles captain captain, Musa He played 45 minutes um, for Fatih Gumrug as they lost 3-0 to Hataya Spur away last week's Sunday. And then he came on for 10 minutes this weekend in a 3-0 win at home against Kasseri Spur. Moving on to Denmark, and Akikumi Amo was in action for Copenhagen. In the Euro- UEFA Conference League round of 16, they drew 4-4 on March 10th. I think he's cup tied, so he didn't play in that game. And then he was on the bench last week um, in a 1-0 win over Mitchland, which means that they're, they're top of the league by 21 points. Um, he didn't play in the UEFA, the European game on Thursday either, as they lost 4-0 to PSV. But on Sunday in his first start, he scored the winning goal for Copenhagen as they beat FC Nordland 1-0. Um, so they're cruising to the title, 21 points ahead, it's over. In the Russian league, Trudor GK continues to come off the bench for CSK Moscow. He came on for seven minutes last week in a 2-1 win over Lokomotiv Moscow. And then yesterday he came on for 11 minutes because they thrashed Rubin Kazan 6-1. They're now only six points off top spot Zenit St. Petersburg, but it's highly likely the Zenit will still win the title. And then finally, in terms of our leagues, in Czech Republic, we saw Pitar, lion Lionka score in a 4-1 win in the UEFA Conference League round of 16, for Slavia Prague at home against LASK on March the 10th. He then started last week Sunday as they lost 1-0 to Liberec. However, in the second leg of the Round of 16 tie, he scored yet again on Thursday. And they're now in quarterfinals. And then yesterday, he started as they won 1-0 against Sesk Budejovic. In fact, I've noticed has been their captain in certain games. So he's clearly very, very highly rated by the Czech team. And I may mean, he just continue to flourish. So that's it in terms of the leagues. Star Boy of the week, there can only be one person, Victor Osime, star striker, number nine extraordinaire, back-to-back braces for Napoli, as he continues to push them towards the Scudetto, where they have to fight against AC Milan and Inter Milan, 11 league goals for the season, and he's just going to keep going from strength to strength, so shout out to him, he's also our most important player for this week's World Cup qualifiers, so we wish Osime all the best, and hopefully carry that form into the World Cup qualifier on Friday against Ghana. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks again for rocking with me. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast if you've listed this on any of the streaming platforms. Or if you've listed this on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share the word. Please like the video as it helps with the algorithm and so other people could also watch stuff about Nigerian football. You know, we're just trying to do our little part. Continue to follow us on our social media channels, which I've always mentioned, at NFWPOD on Twitter, and Nigerian Football Weekly on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Um, I appreciate every single listener. Thanks for listening to another episode. And as I said, I'll be bringing a review of our game against Ghana next week, Monday, which I'll be doing the pre- the review on Monday, but the game takes place this Friday. Set your alarms. We cannot afford to lose that game. We wish the Super Eagles all the best and have a great week. ta da